podcast of a Lincoln Geek is sponsored by Honey Badger Games, makers of edible gummy dice and meeples, and curators of a wide variety of specialist teas, based here in the UK. Head over to honeybadgergames.co.uk to take a look at their geeky treats. Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I'm your host, the podcaster general, the Dan Face. And this is our little show about board games and random other geeky stuff. Thank you for tuning in or just letting autoplay pick it for you. We do appreciate it. I'm joined by my regular friends and regular co-hosts. We have the Pete. Say hello, Pete. Hello, Pete. The classic one there, Pete. Pete the Collector. Uh, we also... Oh. Yeah, I know. We're working on the secondary catchphrase for you, though. It's a working project. Yeah, yeah, but there's not a collective catchphrases, is it, yet? No, not but really, it's only no. a matter of time. If he could get a, <laughs> a physical oh, yeah. copy of these catchphrases, I'm sure he could play. <laughs> I mean, aren't cassette tapes making a comeback? Cassette tapes, oh dear. Don't bring that back. You might as well just start recording on, like, Betamax or whatever. Kind of like a... Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> and we're also joined by my regular friend and regular co-host. We have the Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hello, sorry. Very, <laughs> a dramatic entrance for the camera watching people there. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and today's topic we have gathered here today just to talk about what on earth did we do in July? And, and where is the time going? Has anyone started their Christmas shopping yet? It's all, We're August in the time of recording. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? It, it, it's just ridiculous. It's, it, I think we're all just so busy with our, with our day jobs, yeah. with our hobbies. And raising these um, kids. Takes and so raising time. kids and starting new businesses. It's just mental, you know. Yeah, real life. It's, it's a cliche, but time does fly, doesn't it? Yeah, it just stacks up. But I still managed to play some games this month. I don't know about you two, but I still managed to play board games. That's good. You're keeping up the keeping up the the, uh, the board game side of the hobby there. Well done, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I did not play many, but I'll do my recap last. So we'll go through my regular friend and regular co-host, Pete. What did you get up to in July 2023? So I'm kind of similar. Um, I didn't play many board games during July, but I did play, uh, well, actually one video game, technically speaking. Um, I'll actually save my board game stuff for for last because Dan did join in at one point. I think he managed to subdue the two toddlers at one point. Yeah, the chloroform kicked in. Yep, excellent. excellent. (laughs) We do not condone the use of chloroform on your children. Should we get that as a disclaimer on the video? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so um, Dan did join in briefly for that. So I'll I'll discuss the uh, actual games we played then. But uh, one of the first things I want to talk about is uh, I've been playing a game called... um, Zero Time Dilemma. It's part of the Zero Escape series of puzzle visual novel games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dan, uh, I, 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 I love puzzle games. I enjoyed point-and-click adventure games back when I was a kid, and I love narrative-based games in general. So, sort of like narrative-heavy uh, point-and-click-esque puzzle games are sort of my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made by well, it's got heavily involved by a company called Spike Chunsoft, who's made a number of other similar games like the Danganronpa series and the AI Somnium games. Uh, both of those other games, I've completed those series uh, 100%, unless any new games come out. So I've been trying to catch up on uh, the Zero Escape series. Um, Dan brought them to my attention, I think it was a couple of years ago. And I played Maybe. The first well, I think, you, I think you, well, he started the infection first, because I was yeah, blissfully yeah, yeah. unaware of what a visual novel was. It's only yeah. interesting <laughs> to Danganronpa. <laughs> yeah, and then he introduced me to Zero Escape. Um, there you go, I, I passed it back. Yeah, a lot of visual novels admittedly tend to be more um, 
very much you have some images you have text and just click through click through the text which i'll admit i'm not as big a fan of those yeah. i think doki doki lister club is a classic example of that and i could never get into it i'd much prefer the more point and click-esque puzzles of these other games um going back to zero escape for example the general premise is you wake up in this strange uh, environment you take part in basically a death game and you have to solve various escape rooms to sort of explore the facility you're trapped in further and further to ultimately find the answer. Uh, for example, in the very first game, nine doors, nine hours, nine people. Is that how it goes? Yeah, remember. you've got, um, there's lots of number based puzzles. Basically, you're trapped in a room. You've got nine hours to escape these F puzzles. I think that's kind of the, pro- uh, the, the, the plot summary of it. Uh, and yeah, I, I get what you mean. I, I like the visual novel games that are interactive. Like you have a bit of a, a mystery to solve and you can like, you can pick dialogue options. They're all, they're all good fun. And the, the Danganronpa series was particularly good because oh, yeah. that's kind of a, um, basically a murder mystery game. Um, mm. yeah, you've got these set kind of various eccentric characters all locked oh, in yes. this one kind of location and they get, get, get killed off one by one and you have to try and figure out who did it. And it gets my chance to be the ultimate detective. I love detective oh, yes. games, so yeah, same. <laughs> one thing I love is that <laughs> yeah. the characters' deaths do actually stick as well. Uh, you know, once a character is dead in the game, that is it. They are gone. It doesn't get you know. It's not yeah. not like say superhero comic where a character will die in issue twenty and then come back in issue thirty five, for example. Mm-hmm. And I actually quite like that because I mean I'm a big One Piece fan, as I've often said. But one of the big criticisms is characters who air quotes die in one chapter might rock back up like you know like a couple of chapters later and it gets a bit frustrating when you see like you know like this epic death of a character and you think oh wow i can't believe that character died wait this is Oda we're talking about he probably isn't dead yeah that's that could be a separate topic really like ret- retconning oh, yeah. like uh, oh, yeah. dramatic character deaths i think i mean it's probably a bigger problem with longer running series like one piece or whatever like these these games we're talking about they're just kind of one-off stories they have like the odd sequel don't they but it's usually a fresh set of characters each time yeah exactly uh, so they, they're not afraid to chop off some heads because they've got brand some brand new heads in the next game exactly. yes <laughs> wow see so chop off the heads they don't they, they still come back wow <laughs> um, in, in marvel anything's possible basically because oh, yeah. Just... Oh, yeah i think yeah. there was a period of time in comments where people said there were three characters who have always stayed dead bucky barnes jason cobb and ben parker two of them have since been brought back yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure um, there's a multiverse to... where Ben Parker turns into Spider-Man or something instead of... There is actually, yes. No, there I was, was only guessing. Was I was one. only joking. My goodness. There was one. Admittedly, I think he's since died. Um, it was kind of, I think, if I remember correctly, he was the sole survivor in his universe after some nuclear explosion happened. <laughs> but Uncle the... Ben's the sole survivor. Wow, that is... Exactly, great. yes. And then, but he then moved in with the, um, with the Spider-Girl, um, who you can actually see behind me. Who was like, without going too much into that, basically he moved in with them because he had no family. The Peter Parker of that universe had just died, so he was like, I'm moving with you. But then he in turn ended up, I think, sacrificing himself for like a major storyline, which uh, kind of a shame because I like found family stories, but I digress. Um, going back to uh, Zero Time Dilemma, um, the, the, the Zero Escape games kind of follow these like, flow charts where oftentimes you come to a branch in the story and what decision you make will put you on a different branch. In the first two games, it's very, very. I don't know if linear is quite the right word. This case, if you just go down the branch and then you can sort of like see how the stories interact. In this one, you've got three teams of three. Instead of the usual all nine are together, you've got all of them separated. So the way it works is that you can then go into their individual uh, segments and look at their stories. Um, but that also means that they, they basically just like get like 
five or six different uh, segments for the start, and then you unlock more as you play through the game or play through the other chapters. And it kind of lacks some of the structure I felt the first two had, because I think I've mostly finished the game now, so I can kind of go like, oh, that scene with that character relates to that scene with that character. For example, I think there was a scene with one team that I had done where they were basically given this item to uh, given this item to drink, and I'm like, where did this come from? Then I did a scene with a different team, and suddenly their, their segment ends with them having this item. I'm like, oh, okay, it would have been better if I had done that first, because that's how the structure forced me to do it, but it's a minor nitpick at the end of the day. Um, I did get stuck a few times, though. There's one little um, cat gotcha that I wasn't aware about. If I got to the point where I was so frustrated with not progressing in the game that I looked at some of the codes online, because you'll get to a point in the game where you have to put in a code or an answer, and usually you're meant to sort of go to another branch and then come back to it with that information. Um, but there was... Cheated Pete, you used a walkthrough. I know, I know, not... but it was a got to the point where, because in, in the second game this happens quite a lot, but you're, you sort of like see, usually when you've got like a locked node, you can see there's at least like a dozen or so unlocked ones, you could then go and explore and eventually loop back around again. With this one, I got to the point where all I had was just locked nodes, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I can't progress. At, at the end of the day, it's a game, and you're supposed to have fun with it. I mean, I, I was similarly in the other Zero Escape games, yeah, because uh, I've, I've only got a limited gaming window, and I try and solve the puzzles properly and whatever, mm. try and use my brain. But if my brain's just not working, and I've been spent about 30 minutes on one puzzle, I'm like, I'll just look at the solution. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, you find it's a fine line, isn't there, to between enjoyment and you missing something really subtle. You know, I've been there and done it playing uh, some of the Uncharted games, you know, um, you, where you've got, you know, it's where you're not as much as much as puzzly as some of those. You'll miss something and you've got to recap yeah. through an entire level to pick up one little thing because, you you know, you didn't have it um, or you, you, know, you didn't go the right way. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we, I think we've all done it with uh, with looking it up. It, it, yeah. At the end of the day, you're, you're, you're trying to have fun, aren't you? And if, it, yeah. if something's stopping you from having fun, and it's a yeah. single-player game, so it's not yeah. like you're cheating other people. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing is, is that I think because I just maybe, maybe went to one section a bit earlier than I was meant to, yeah. uh, I was playing a game, I was playing it last night, and I got some story segments that kind of led into some segments I saw at the weekend. And I realized, ah, I kind of saw those two bits out of order. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, generally speaking, I enjoyed the game. I do recommend it. I can't say too much more because uh, Dan Spoilers, has yeah. also, yeah, don't spoil the game. And also, Dan's also going to be playing the game as well. Yeah, so. you've overtaken me now. Even though I may have introduced yeah. you to the series, you've overtaken, <laughs> since overtaken yeah. me. I, I think I, Zero Escape 3 you're on, isn't it? I mean, it, it's good. I yes. mean, I, I feel like it's it's too vast compared to the other ones. That's what initially put me off. It's because, like, the initial ones, like you said, you've got just the one team. And you have, like, a choice of doors to pick either door one, two, or three. And then it, it branches off into three bits, but you go one way until it gets blocked, and then you go try the other door. Mm. But exactly. while with, with Zero Escape 3, um, you've got like 27 choices right off the bat. And I was like, which one do I pick? <laughs> so you're probably finding out things like uh, that you picked on option two. They're not until option 27 pops up. But oh, that makes sense now. It, it, exactly. fact, it felt yeah. too much. Uh, but I, I, I will get back into it. I was going to say, so, so Zero Escape, is this on PlayStation or is this a PC? Yes. Both. It's on PlayStation and PC, actually. There you go. So, yeah. so for anyone who's on online and watching and goes, oh, this actually sounds quite interesting, yes, you can check it out on PC and you know, and PlayStation. Yeah, or maybe some other platforms as well. 
yeah, check it out if you like uh, escape room kind of get based video games, basically, and interesting plots because I, I like the stories. Go ahead, Pete. So yeah, the only thing I will say is that the first Zero Escape game came out on the DS, and it plays a bit clunky because of that. So it came out right. in two thousand and nine. So you might find that the gameplay is a bit, um, a bit archaic, I guess you could say. Um, just like I said, I, I just just a bit of context to be aware of. But yeah. And I think going back to sort of like Dan said about, about the different branches, the way that I found the best way to get around it was just focusing on one team until I could not progress. Um, quite, I think two of the three teams have characters from the prior two games, yeah. which may, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know how their story ends. So I kind of zeroed in on them, on them first. That's fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good entry. I mean, I played similar kind of games this month as well. But before we go into me, let's go to someone that might have actually played some board games this month. Let's go to talk to Chris. Chris, what have you been up to in July? Well, in July, uh, I've done a few gaming evenings. So if anyone who's been uh, follows us on social media might have seen, you know, a few posts here and there of the games we've been playing on Friday nights uh, with with Henry and Sam. Um, but recently, uh, we've just um, figured out and finally got round to playing Isle of Trains by Dranda Games. Um uh, I backed this because one, um, uh, I actually quite like the games that Dranda make, but also because it was train themed. Um, and my father-in-law, bless him, uh, was a massive train enthusiast and he would have loved this. So I backed it, one, uh, for my missus uh, because she wanted something, you know, board game related to, to remember for dad. Uh, but also, uh, I also backed it because uh, it's got a little nod to a certain film in here because it has a time sheet time time train um, oh yes so yeah but also it has a play mat <laughs> <laughs> you're a sucker for a good play mat aren't you chris i am a sucker for a good play mat and actually <laughs> this one's actually really nice i've got to quickly just uh for the benefit of the people watching the video of this you can now see uh chris unveiling a map Yes, yeah. So, uh, ironically, it's upside down. But no, so this particular you know, Kickstarter uh, had the option of a neoprene playmat. So, I, I quite like a playmat. Uh, I'm not at all have a problem. And um, I uh, took the option to, to get it. And it actually does make a little bit of difference. You know, sometimes these playmats don't. Um, but the game in question is basically you are um, um, uh, basically building up a train. You're building resources um, and you're basically aiming to score points, completing contracts and um, uh, gathering and, and putting, you know, loading passengers, loading materials to complete either contracts or delivering passengers to locations on the map or on the cards if you don't have the neoprene map. Um, and you score points based on how many contracts you complete. Uh, and it's just a very clever, uh, simple little game. Um, my only real criticism of, of it was the restriction, the instructions um, weren't the best and didn't quite describe, you know, the loading and, and how the card anatomy was broken down, but other than other than than that, we when we eventually clicked and we figured it out, we, we were soon playing it quite easily. We actually played a couple of rounds of it, ironically. So I played those, those with uh, that with George and Suey. Uh -huh. um, well, just before we move on to the next one, Chris. I mean, yeah. I suppose the obvious comparison is how does it take it to ride? Is it sick? Because no. that's the only other train game I can think of. Yeah. So is it so similar, ticket... or do you feel like it's it's totally different. 
so yeah, so it's card based it's it's all card based uh there's no physical plastic trains like you have in ticket to ride ticket to ride involves you placing uh trains on routes and and, and building optimized routes and delivering and completing tickets with you branching locations this is not this is literally just about resources um it's an engine builder ironically for an engine okay. for a train engine, train uh, engine and you're, yeah you're, you're optimizing your you know your passengers uh, you know, you have a minimum minimal amount uh, uh, of uh, passengers that you load, and you taking on passengers can, can strategically screw over other players. Um, mm-hmm. When you're completing contracts, you think you know it might be a runaway um, uh, winner, but it's not actually quite cl- that clear. It can actually be quite close in the games. Um, you can also focus too much on doing one thing and not actually uh, achieve your contracts and it just runs away from me. Sorry, all these train puns. Um, and, um, uh, I, you know, the first game I was like four points off from, you know, you know, you know, being the winner, you know, uh, thinks George won it just ever so quickly. Cause George, let's face it, being the engine optimizer person that he is and the rules lawyer that he is picks up these games extremely quickly. And, yeah. um, you know, just, understands the the inner workings and the mechanics um he absolutely run away and steamrolled at us on that second you game. had to get another train pun in there yeah of course why not it's a train you're, you're really game. punching the ticket on this one yeah exactly yeah you know um you know i'm stubbing them all out <laughs> exactly well uh rather than just talk about trains uh, what other games have you played do you do anything else this month worth sharing okay, okay. So, so on a book on a games night with henry and sam uh we also played brass birmingham which is um, ironically also has kind of trains in it as well, doesn't it? It has like a little uh, bit, railway, a little railway bit. lines between. Yeah. yeah, there's railway lines, but there's not actual physical trains. You, you have railway, railway lines. Um, you also have um, canals, isn't it? Canals. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's I was thinking. It. I was about to say old boat routes. <laughs> so canals uh, and factories. Canals. And, the and watery it's all about... version of train rails. Water canals. Yeah. Yeah, water canals. <laughs> um, and again, it's an engine builder optimizer. Um, I, I can see why people like it i can see why it's number one in the board mm-hmm. game uh you know ye- uh, is it number one is it right i think it was number one or it may have just been i know, I know it's in the t- i know it's in the top 100 definitely uh, it's definitely oh no, yeah but it was close to you know um yeah but it's very complicated you know, you're right it's, it's number not, one I just, I just googled it yeah it's, yeah it's number the, one the um, top rated it is game complicated the rule is not the best but we okay. were trying to understand it late at night, um, and we were doing a learning game as well at the same time. So uh-huh. we missed oh. a little little things. Rocky um, mistake. That is the we covered this last know, week, didn't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Our um, our um, the owner of the game, Henry, who brought it, hadn't learnt the game before. Yeah. So um, oh, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. So we're learning it, trying to figure it out, and the rule book doesn't lend very well to you learning and playing. Which is a real mm-hmm. shame. Some rule books, like we've mentioned previously in our previous podcasts, um, you know, how to teach board games uh, and, and to new players, um, blend really well to to, um, to it. So, like Forges of Ravenshire, uh, lend really well to new play and, and learning as you play. But sure. the Brass Birmingham, no, not so much. So uh, I can see why it appeals because it's a great engine builder, and mm-hmm. there's so much to it, and uh, the scoring, you know, system is, you know, can be really quite high. You can score really quite quite high points doing lots of different things because there's lots of choices. 
I need to play it again to give a proper firm the first game is just opinion kind of, a, of it. The first game's kind of a freebie, isn't it? You just got to see what it's like and then yeah. then play it properly, properly the second game. But yeah, yeah. lots of good things about it. I mean, it. I don't I don't, I don't dislike it from that first playthrough, but we're going to play it again. Uh, I think we might be playing it again this Friday. So um, rematch. Um, rematch, yes, with uh, you know, and having actually played it, it might make a bit more sense. Did you say your immortal catchphrase, Chris? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand. No, what I was doing. No, I didn't actually. So uh, I was just a little bit tired, to be completely honest. You know, mm. life and work and busyness and business uh, and and toddlers. You know, it all soon adds up. So it's I was kind life of like, gets in the way of all our I, precious. I was like, I was, I was wanting to play. I was so desperately wanting to play, but I was like, this. And I swear the guys must have looked up at one point. And and like, oh, my eyes were rolled back. You can't even do the uh, standard coffee injection that me and Pete can do. Just got like no. a you inject it straight into our heart or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no more legal addictive stimulants for me. I've successfully given up <laughs> the coffee. Coffee's still legal, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's what I said, legal addictive oh, I thought you said illegal, like coffee's no, no, been legal, You legal don't say that, you'll make Pete pass out. He'll, he'll faint. No. <laughs> and then also, uh, coming on the theme of uh, engine builders and um um we also had our copy of undermined by uh undermined paradise city from uh devil fly games um and we you know we were play testing that and playing that and actually it's really quite good i really enjoyed it Kais dice card and dice manipulation based game um while of course what we received is a prototype the the quality of the cards in this prototype are amazing and um I don't want to spoil it too much for people uh, because there's a, you know, the Kickstarter I think still running just it might have finished now but it's 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 backed and completed and I hope it goes to retail uh, for their sake because it's a, a very clever game it works really well basically you are um, miners and you are uh, you know smashing up rock um, and and blasting um, you know your mines to smithereens with with dynamite to search for the best materials. Uh, and uh, equipment, and basically, whoever gets the most gold wins. It's just a clever, you know, simple card game, uh, and you can play it in probably once you've to pass that learning curve, half an hour, half an hour. But with more players, I, I think it, I'm trying to remember how many players it goes up to. But we we're playing it two player. Uh, we played it three player with Henry, and um, it soon, you know, it soon moves and goes round really, really quickly. And um, he he stepped in halfway through when we were playing as well, which shows that it lended really well to learning on the fly, um, because it's all on the cards. This is another great thing when you got card games that have most of the rules or you know are, are so simple that you can just pick up and look at the cards very very quickly. And yeah. Undermined by Devilfly is definitely one of them. I quite like the little you know Paradise City as well. And it's not Paradise City; it's Paradise, and I'm, it's a I'm, dice I'm a fan game. of puns, so that's. Brilliant. I like puns as well. Well, we all like puns. Let's face it. <laughs> you know the amount of uh, you know jokes and things we've applied into reviews and content. You know it's a no-brainer. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I've been playing a few. Um, and like I say, they're good. And, and there is a couple more, but I've not got them to hand. Um, but one of them again for review, which is on the site, which you can check out, is Ocean Pods. Uh -huh. um, and basically, I like this game. It's, it's very simplistic, but the the morality behind it is what makes this game because 
the game is about uh, cleaning plastic from our oceans and mm -hmm. rescuing whales and do, and researching different types of whales uh, to have the best pod, you know, in, in the game, your pod of whales and wildlife. Um, and you basically, you know, whoever scores the most points wins. It's, it's that straightforward. But when you move between regions, you clean up plastic. So it's a cooperative game because you've got to work together to, to beat the game, uh, to keep the oceans clean. But uh, there can only one person can win. There can only be so, one. But you all lose <laughs> if, you know, the ocean's filled with plastic. Yeah, and nice. the, the game itself is also, you know, um, economically uh, resourced. There's no plastic in the game. It's not plastic wrapped. Uh, it's all recycled materials that go into the game because um, I'm trying to remember who makes That's the game. That's really cool. Now. So basically yeah. it's a zero waste kind of game sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I like that idea. So um, they've, they've done a good job. Uh, Molinarius game, Molinarius, however you pronounce it, Molinarius games or something like that. That's easy um, for you to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't say it. But if anyone was interested, the review was on the website with a link to their to their store where you can go and actually buy a, a copy now because I believe it's ready for retail. Excellent. Cool. So, okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Chris. I mean, I'll quickly just recap what I said because. Uh, we play, I played the board game with uh, Pete. I managed to get one actual board game in there. I'm not counting little <laughs> games. I played also Guess Who, the classic. Um, hey. Mouse Trap and the ever-popular Don't Wake Daddy. Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> oh, which, yeah. which is far too close to reality, that game. <laughs> <laughs> or is uh, it, in your case, Don't Wake Mummy? Well, it's more the case of the... I, I can uh, kind of identify with the dad in that board game quite a lot because there's just so much stuff wakes him up all the time. <laughs> and, and, and I've got several natural alarm clocks. I've got two kids and four cats. So basically, I'm not having another lie in for about 18 <laughs> years. I <predict>. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, so what games? Uh, we, <laughs> we had a game tonight, didn't we, Pete? Um, yes. A, pro a proper one. You did like a. F uh, what game did you play with the guys before I got there? What was it? So. We played uh, Space Space before you joined us. Uh, my notes are to the side, so if you see me looking down, that's why. Um, it was Pineapple, Liz, Gregor, who played for the very first time, and myself. Uh, we managed to fit in two games, and Gregor won, uh, Gregor won even both of them. Uh, so Gregor was a on... natural at, uh, at Space Space. Yeah. yeah, he was. I think he managed to cut him onto the um, um, uh, victory point building side of the engine quite quickly and managed to sort of really mm. monopolize that. I'd like to pitch... I'd like to pitch Gregor and and uh, George? Mr. George against yeah, an this, engine builder. His luck stat with the dice gods versus yes. uh, Gregor's engine building skills. Mm, that would be an interesting yeah. matchup. That would be <laughs> interesting. I've got a physical copy, so next time we do some kind of meetup, I'll bring it with me. Yeah, um, yeah it'd be interesting to sort of what uh, the pit does do against each other, see, see who wins. Yeah. But yeah, so always love space space. Um, I can't remember. Admittedly, I didn't make notes of who came in second and third in those games. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe myself, if I remember correctly, because I think I managed to do my. I think I won one of the games. I managed to build up the uh, one to six um, not, uh, slots quite high. So anytime anyone rolled anything, I would just take the two individual numbers and usually got some piece of money and victory points. But as I said, Gregor ultimately won. And then that's when uh, Dan joined us for some deception, murder in Hong Kong. 
Yep, Yay. that's what I joined for the class. Oh, let's have some uh, sus game. Oh, that's interesting. Some sort of sus, sus game for when Dan joins, because let's face it, Dan loves a sus game. I do, apparently. Oh. I'm very typecast. And as straight away, it's, and it seems to be a running theme now. As soon as Pete is the scientist guy in that game, it just seems to be my fate to be the killer. I think I've done it, I think, four times in a row. You've been the yeah. scientist and four times yeah. I've been the killer. So I'm really doing a lot of damage to my sus spreadsheet. My sus <laughs> How is your sus spreadsheet going? To, to be honest, I haven't updated in a while. I only did it for like the Battlestar games. Maybe I should start including it for the um, for the so. for the lesser games as well. I want to see the ratio of normal games to sus games that you play. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the trouble is these sus games, as we call them, they're just easier on like a games night, and they're always they're always yeah. the big hits and. You know, there's no big number crunching or anything. It's just literally yeah. just chucking accusations at each other, which is always fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so I did the murder. I can't remember actually how I did the murder. Was it a punch, Pete? Did you take it notes? Was it, it was a punch. It was a punch. Uh, like, you know, punch. I've, got, I've got all three murderers <laughs> and their Go on, and then, their do, do, do a boss. recap of the, the oh, heinous crime I, that night. So the first one was Dan. He punched someone to death and left a mask behind. The second one was Liz. Um, she used a rat and left a cable behind. And the third one was myself. Um, I burnt someone to death with an arson. And then in, in an uncharacteristic display of myself, I left my takeout dinner behind. And anyone who's seen me eat will know that that's not possible. It's not possible. Love that no. broke cannon right there. I just want to exactly. shout out Grego again, just so if he listens, because he was the MVP on his match, definitely. Because he was the scientist for Liz's... Um, murder wasn't he yes and um i think it the clue came up saying killer's build or something and he put small mm. and uh, because of that uh, liz used a rat to kill the the uh the kill uh, the victim we we're like well rats are pretty small maybe the rat's technically the killer rather than the actual uh, person mm. that let loose the rat so yes yeah, technically it was the rat i thought that was a pretty good um uh, bit of forensic scientisting there <laughs> oh definitely yes uh, my one, uh, yeah, I think I picked a punch because I thought it was really vague. But unfortunately, you got a clue saying that the crime of the death was like a bar or something. Yes, the, the location yes. was a bar. So they're oh, bar fight, punch! I'm like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yes. I think I tried to push the idea of there being a bar fight. I don't know if I got away with it though, because no one picked the mask, did they? I, one no, of them, I don't think we, we did. We picked the um, we we're playing the expansion, so I had a whole bunch of new different items and stuff which we've never seen before. And my one was the scream mask. Um, yes, it was. So I, the cause of death was a punch, and my clue was the scream mask. Obviously, left at the pub after punching someone. Um, but I don't think anyone picked that because you couldn't really get any relevant clues, could you? If no, you, I don't think they could. could get people. Um, could be wrong though. And then the third one. What was the third one again? Remind me. It was myself as an arsonist ar takeout, and um, <laughs> I got out almost instantly. Um, I think our friend Ollie joined for that game. And she was a forensic scientist, and I think she got the perfect clue to out me almost straight away. And I will admit, I think I went into four or four error mode once that happened, because there's <laughs> nothing I could do to sort of try and get people off my back. But, I think it lasted more than one round, as I think some people were like, well, well I'm 99 sure it's Pete, but let's just see what comes out. And I think the second or third clue that Ollie drew was very much, yeah, it definitely is Pete. And I just basically threw my hands up and went, yeah, I'm not getting out I, of this. Unfortunately I for Pete. Pete did the, the, the crash, uh, crash, uh, classic crashing error noise, yeah. unfortunately. We're like, Pete, did you do the murder? He's like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it was, I think the clue that Ollie got was something about lighting up, which yeah. uh, I wasn't even aware that was even a thing. 
Um, I, I thought arson would be would be difficult to prove, but then, like I said, you're like, oh, the person like lighting up. I can't remember the full context. And I'm like, yeah, oh, nuts. Yeah, so I think it was um, yeah. So the killer got away on the first one, and then mm-hmm. it, I think this like the good guys won the second two rounds. So it's two one to the yes. good guys that night. Yeah, it was a fun night. Yeah, um, that's like you did have good fun. Well, uh, that was a good catch up, everyone. I'm trying to think what else I did. Mainly, it's just simply playing dirty video games like a like a, <laughs> like a filthy peasant. <laughs> I've been playing uh, Prey, which is a lot of good fun. It's that kind of a sci-fi alien shooter kind of thing on the PlayStation. And I've been playing a bit of Crusader Kings Free on the PC, which is basically oh, yes. it's a, it's a game that turns you into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're kind of well, not not literally, but you um you've got to like um you're a king in medieval times or a queen, and you've got to do like political decisions to try and expand your influence. So you've got all like kind of marriages and stuff. Yeah, it's because this kind of game is you're encouraged to be ruthless, um, really, because you can kind of marriage marriage into other families, and then if you if accidents happen to the other heirs of the land of that family, you just happen to inherit it. What a happy surprise! <laughs> <laughs> There are some cool mechanics though. Like your characters all have traits. So like uh, my king, my first king anyway, he was quite a good guy. He was kind and just. So if I did any evil actions, it would stress him. And it, uh, it, eventually, if you get too stressed, your character starts suffering ill effects and that kind of thing. And then it passes on to the next one down the line. And I only I had like one really. I had like three kids, two boys and one daughter. Uh, but the um, because uh, it's medieval times, the, the the boys inherit over the girls. But the trouble was, my girl was amazing. She was really clever, really strong. She was a ge- She literally had a genius trait. And my boys were so average. I had to try and make something unfortunate happen to the boys because I wanted the girl to inherit. Because then I would play as her and uh, such and such. So yeah, it's a really interesting game. Definitely check it out if you like kind of um, grand strategy games. But yeah, so like I said, it will turn you into a monster. So. Well, that was a fun recap, guys. I can't think of anything else unless you want to shout out about anything very quickly. I've got one thing. Go on then, Pete. Um, rapid fire. Go on, rapid fire. Very, very, very rapid fire. So I got a new figure from my from my Massive Universe collection. Nice. Uh, nice. Somewhat obscure character called Vicron. His gimmick is that he's not from the vintage era, but he's a new character that's created which is based on the original prototype they made for He-Man because they made three prototypes, a barbarian, a spaceman, and a tank man or army man. And this figure was released in the Pirate Toyland Classics. But this particular figure is what's from what's called New Eternia, where they basically take characters from earlier uh, like from the franchise and give them major redesigns. Um, which I really, really like. So they, for example, they usually go back to like the concept art or unused ideas or concepts from like, like later incarnations and just give them radical redesigns, which I really, really like. But the way that Vicron's built, he comes with enough parts, you can have one of three designs, the aforementioned Barbarian, Tank, and Spaceman. And I'm not going to lie, I was so close to buying multiple, just so I could have, because I really like the Barbarian design in general, but the Spaceman looks really, really cool. Yeah. And I come so close to buying the second one. Admittedly, he was a real pain to get, because he got stuck in transit for about a month, and I had no idea what was going on. I was actually worried that something had happened, but he finally showed up on Saturday after suddenly. Do these come from? Do these come from abroad, Pete? When you order them, or yes. they in the UK? Oh, yes. they are abroad. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I drama. Actually... Do they get lost in yeah. customs and stuff? Okay. So Mattel Creations is—he's basically exclusive to their website. He's still in stock right now, actually. So look at the box front. So you've got like the different characters, and mm-hmm. what I love about this is that all of the box is absolutely fantastic artwork. Oh, wow. I forget the name of the artist. 
Um, yes, I can't decide. Again, they're artists, but all of their boxes for both the uh, Masterverse, which is what this is toy line, and Origins have absolutely stunning art. Even going to be using this book at the end of this year with all the artwork which I have pre-ordered. I will admit, I even keep the Origins boxes just because of the fantastic artwork on the back. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm a fan of sort of like a, a franchise acknowledging the deep cut characters like Vicron. It makes sense he was exclusive to their website, and my like, still in stock if I do want to buy more. But he's about 35 quid plus 9 quid shipping, so it's a case of, uh, I don't know. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, but the way, like, way Master Force is built is that I could, in theory, put those spare parts on other figures. Yeah. The only downside is that I think the, the right arm on most figures has like a brace that's actually sculpted on it. So I've had to cut that off to actually fit some of his wrist accessories onto them. So it might be a bit of modification, which is outside of my field of expertise. I'll probably scratch up the figure to be nasty if I do do that. So it's something I'm sort of mulling over. But I might just take apart his barbarians and put his spaceman design on at some point because I really do like how that looks. Cool. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. It's always fun to kind of uh, have that customization sort of thing yes. with what you get. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay, well, Pete, well, I'm, I'm afraid we're pretty much out of time box now. Uh, so That's if you fine. guys are happy, I'm going to put a cap in here there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I'd like to thank my regular friends and regular speakers. We have the Pete and the Chris. Thank you very much. Always fun talking to you guys. We all we have our website. Chris is listening, so I'm going to talk about how we have LiveJournal, MySpace, and all that kind of great sites for you to check out. Okay. <laughs> we also have uh, the usual kind of uh, Discord, Facebook, uh, TikTok, probably, um, all that kind of thing. And our website, which is dolg.co.uk. Or dolg.geek.com if you like typing long things. D-O-A-L-G is the is the one we use the most these days. Um, so, yeah, um, go and check it out and subscribe to the site because we get all the reviews go into your mailboxes when they get released each Friday. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for listening at home, doing the, uh, doing the dishes, walking the dogs, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to our little show about board games and random geeky stuff. And as always, always be gaming. Bye. Keep gaming. Keep gaming. Bye.